Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this sermon would be a blessing to you. Sheet, if not, we'll get one to you. This is number six in our study of Paul. And um, my, uh, my thought... Uh, uh, tonight is um, if this gets drug out, because we're going to look at uh, a little deeper into the theology of Paul. Okay, if this if this gets uh, boring, uh, just uh, tell me. Uh, not in here, okay? Tell me <laughs> later, okay? And uh, we'll uh, we'll make some adjustments. All right, on this, uh, but. Uh, sometimes you just have to you 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 have to learn it, okay? Uh, sometimes, uh, but we're going to really look at the, we sung about the amazing grace, and uh, we're going to try to look at that in a little more depth uh, that uh, I think Paul uh, wanted to go. Now we've done a, a lot of things about Paul's personal life, and uh, there's some things we pick up here and there about his personal life. And we uh, tried to get that down and, and uh, talk about that. We uh, talked a little bit about where he come from, geographical, uh, and, and that kind of things. Uh, hopefully, we are getting a little more familiar with him, and uh, therefore, we should be able to understand him a little uh, better. Uh, so uh, tonight, we're going to look a little deeper into the theology. Uh, again, we're going to be uh, mostly in... Uh, chapter, I mean, in Romans, chapter 4 and 5, and uh, you, you have, I, I try to bring it out in, in uh, uh, his writing there to, to Romans, he talks about being lost and how everybody's lost without excuse, okay? But he did, uh, the heart and guts of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we, we tried to, to, to do that uh, where he said, you know, Jesus' blood uh, was uh, was set before God, and that's what God sees is the blood of Jesus Christ. We, we tried to look at that in terms of the word used in the King James as propitiation. In uh, my uh, translation, had uh, um, atonement, and uh, and so. But now, following that, he's going to. Work that out, and I think what he's saying, you, you, when we're reading, we're going to read chapter four. I think what he's saying is, now I hope I'm putting words in his mouth. It's always been this way. I think that's what he, you, you, obviously you're going to judge for yourself, okay, when we read it. But I think what Paul is doing, he says, this isn't all that new. It's always been this way, okay? Okay. Um, I, I don't know if you, you follow along in your Bible or you, you just have the reading here. Uh, we'll start in Genesis uh, 12. Now, don't get scared. We're not going to read the whole Bible tonight, okay? We're going to start in Genesis. And uh, what we're going to do here is the call of Abraham. And that's what uh, Paul is going to write about in the fourth chapter is Abraham. Uh, that, that's the start. And when you, when you read your Bible, you, you start Genesis 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, deals with the world at large, 
all of humanity at one time. Twelve, God starts dealing with one man, Abraham, and then, of course, the nation Israel that follows that, okay? So you have this real major shift in the uh, uh, Genesis account where you have just all humanity, like Noah, all humanity, Abraham, Adam and Eve, all of humanity. Okay, you have all these stories about all of humanity, but now he's going to focus in on the call. He's going to call, God's going to call one man, and he's going to focus in on that, and then, of course, out of that flows uh, the nation Israel, where you have a, a race of people that he's going to deal with. Okay. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to a land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. A wonderful statement. Okay. So, uh, what is Abraham asked to do first? Yes. <coughs> Leave. Yeah. Just get out. Okay. Uh, now, it's, it's wonderful to read through the text as how that actually worked. Okay. And it, it, uh, it, it sounds like he, he moved out of Ur and went up to Haran and stayed there for a long time. Then when his daddy died, then he went left. It looks like that, okay? So it's not just clear, clean cut. Thank you, okay? And it's much like us. <laughs> Things are usually not just clean cut, okay? Uh, all right. Uh, so uh, leave your country, leave your father's house, uh, and, and what he's going to do what with him? Make a great nation. That's what he's going to do with him. Once, once a great nation, what else? All the people of the earth will be blessed through you. Well, that's, pretty, that's a pretty big thing. That's, that's, yeah, that's a big statement. All the people of the earth will be blessed through you. And then this wonderful line here, uh, I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse them that curse you. Okay. So uh, that's the call. Uh, you, you understand the significance now of Abraham. He's the beginning of Israel. Okay. All right. Now, of course, uh, uh, this is in the mind of Paul. He's uh, steeped in this Old Testament text and, and stuff. Okay. Now, let's go to Romans chapter 4. And uh, we want to pay attention to... Two big words. Well, they're not big words. Two important words. That's what way to say that. Two important words here. Most, mostly, we want to pay attention to the word count. Now, if you're used to reading the King James, which I am, uh, used to reading it, uh, uh, the word uh, count uh, is used in there, or the word reckon, which is a word I don't hear very much at all in, in common language. Uh, just don't hear that, um, except maybe written for some hillbilly talk, you know, I reckon so, or something like that. You know, I, that's the way I would hear it, okay? But, but, but you know, reckon, or 
impute is another way to put it. If you have those words in your whatever text you're using, I want to tell you that's translating one word in the Greek, and that word is found 11 times in this chapter alone. Just give you some idea. So that I think, you know, just by the just counting the word uh, uh, being used is that Paul wants you to get this in your head. Uh, and it is a technical term, and we've talked about this, I think, a little bit uh, uh, last week. The, it is the technical t term that a bookkeeper would use when you enter in on the uh, profit side of the ledger. And it, 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 so you know, it would be, that's count. Uh, that you, you, you got something put in there, and it's actually, of course, goes in the bank or, or that kind of thing. Okay, now let's start. The other word is promise. And I want you to try, we'll, 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 I'll make emphasis on this as we go through this, uh, this chapter. The other word is promise because this is kind of a new wrinkle uh, in terms of understanding what God is doing, uh, is the idea of promise, okay? Uh, I, th I think you'll see this. Maybe we'll get a chance to talk about that too as we go through there. What then shall we say that Abraham, our, our forefather, according to the flesh, discovered in this matter? Okay, Abraham discovered this. That's what he's going to talk about. He discovered this. That's why I say he, he's, he's not saying, you know, this gospel say, oh, it's all brand new. And Paul said, no, it's always been this way. It has always been this way. And, of course, the way is what? Faith. The way is grace. Yeah, that's, that, that's, the, that's the way he's talking about, okay? If, in fact, Abraham was justified by works, and, again, we're, we want to be justified, okay? We want, we want to be justified. Well, you get justified by works. No, 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 you don't get justified by works. If he did, he had something to boast about. In other words, I did it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was uh, I was having lunch, and a uh, guy come by, and he was giving the my boss. I mean, really giving him a down the road. Just, and he looked at me and said, "Barry, don't you agree with me?" And I said, "Well, the last time I looked, he was signing my checks. <laughs> That's wages." That's wages, okay? But you don't have anything to boast about with this. Why? Because it comes by grace. You, you, can't, you can't boast that this is something you did, okay? He didn't have anything to boast about, but not before God. Uh, what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited. That's the word right there. It, it was counted to him as righteousness, now, now to the one who works, wages are not credited. No, you don't get that. No, 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 because that's not free. As a gift, but as an obligation, okay? In other words, the guy owes you, either contractually or for work or whatever you, well, you got. He owes it to you. So if he owes it to you, uh, you, you don't have to back in and pick up your pay doing that. No, because you got it coming. 
that's yours. No, but grace, uh-uh, uh, no, yeah, no, you, you don't get it. But Abraham believed God. Now, what did Abraham do? Believed God. And that's what it took, okay? Okay, let's go to the next slide. <clears throat> However, to the one who does not work but trusts God, who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. There's that word again, credited, put on and, and who is, who is, and we're going to come back to this probably later tonight. And who, who, who gets justified here? Yes. Keep going. The, who? <laughs> I want to get you. The ungodly. The ungodly. Okay. Write that down in the back of your mind. Ungodly. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Uh, yes, it comes by grace. And it is the one who believes. But who is it that believes? The ungodly. And in this text I'm talking about. Isn't it? Well, we, we got more coming uh, on that. Where was I at? Speak. Uh, uh, David uh, says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits. There's that word there counts to him righteousness apart from the works blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven whose sins are covered now that's covered that's that's atonement right there is to have your sins covered okay all right let's go to the next slide blessed is the one whose sin the lord will never count against him now there's a there's listed again there I mean what he's not when you believe He's not going to count your sins against him. I'm so happy with that. Oh, I can pray before I come up here, which I do, and ask God, no matter what I've done, this is where I'm at. I'm here tonight. I'm going to do my best teaching. I want you to be with me and help me. Not because I do, and I don't say it this way, okay? I'm telling you. Not because I deserve it, but because my father loves me. Okay? Amen. Okay. Uh, and, and get that blessed. Uh, is this blessedness only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? Great question. Great question. Is it for, is it for the world or only for the Jews? Great question. By the way, if we get to it tonight, and I hope we do, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, uh, showing up in the text so vividly uh, how this this was a question who who, who gets this um, <clears throat> we have been saying that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness yes we've been saying that we're catching on to that we're learning that under what circumstances was it a credit ah that's a good question yeah yeah that's a great question was it after he was circumcised or before Oh, what? A, yeah, what, exactly. He said, "Wow, what a good! This is going to just, just look at what it, what the text says. See, just look at what the text says. Yeah, when when did he get that? When he believed. When he believed. When he was circumcised. No, that's a work. No, no, no ritual or anything. No. When do you get that? When you believe." Okay, okay. Uh, what was after or before? 
It was not after, but before. There he says it. it you see what I'm thinking? I'm, I'm hearing Paul tell me, this grace is not new. This method of salvation, that is where salvation, the righteousness of God comes to you through the conduit of faith. And then if we call that grace, I'm saying, he said, this is nothing new. It has always been this way. Let's take a look at Abraham and look. There's, there it is, okay? And there, okay, let's go to the next one. And he received circumcision as a sign, a seal of the righteousness. And we're going to talk about a seal. Hopefully we'll get to that later, okay? But what was, what was, this, what was this outward expression of that? Circumcision. Okay, that was an act, a ritual, a religious act that he could do to show what had taken place on the inside. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, no, never mind. Uh, so then he is the father of all who believe. Oh, now you start getting the idea. So you who believe can stand up and say, Abraham is your father. This is important, and I think it's just ultimately important in the theology of Paul. Uh, but we'll work on that as we go, all right? Uh, let me see. Who believe but have not been circumcised in order that the righteousness might be credited to them. Who's that? That's us. On your ledger is the righteousness of God. You are justified. It is to your credit. When did you get that? Yeah, it was a little weak, okay? A little spurring out there. When did we get that? When we believed. Okay. <laughs> we have, and you could say uh, uh, chapter 3 of Romans and verse 25 is when we got it. <laughs> I wouldn't even mind just saying that, okay? All right, let's go to the next one, next slide. And he is then also the father of the circum... Uh-oh. He's father of both. He's father of both. Ooh, tough stuff. I, it, it, now, you understand if you're a Jew, you can't think like this. You've got to change everything up here to be thinking like this. But this is what Paul saw clearly. This is what he understood clearly about God. And he put two and two together, and I think he came up with four. That's good. That's good. But who follow in the footsteps of faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise. Now, this is a hard thing, especially for Jewish people to get in their head, and I want you to get it in your head, and it's going to be tough to think like this. <clears throat> they don't get this through, you don't get this salvation through DNA. You get this salvation through the promise. That's how you get it. Now, he's going to, he's going to illustrate this later in two, uh, at least two different places. Uh, that you don't get it through the DNA. In other words, if you have the DNA of Abraham flowing in your veins, and that's who you are, that doesn't guarantee you a thing. Oh, Abraham becomes your father when you believe. 
not through DNA. And uh, there's a lot more meant in, uh, in the idea of promise here, too. God is not obligated to save everybody that has Abraham's DNA. That, I think that was part, by the way, I think that was part of that because there's no way that you can obligate God. Yeah, I think that's part of, part of Paul's, re, he doesn't say it right here, okay, but I think that's part of it right here is there's no way that you can obligate God. Try as you may. And we do. Oh, I can remember, oh, if I just have faith big enough, then God will do it. <laughs> no, not really. You know, it's good to have faith. Be good to have, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying it won't obligate God to a thing. Because it doesn't flow through DNA. What does it flow through? Let's go, yeah, let's go over it again. Let's go over it again. <laughs> promise. It doesn't come through DNA. It comes through promise. doesn't matter whether you've got a DNA. If you're not part of the promise, you're not, you're not in. Okay? All right. Uh, let me see. The promise that he would be heir of the... Oh, my. Oh, my. Heir of the world but through the righteousness that comes by faith. All right, let's go to the next uh, slide. For if those who depended on the law are heirs, faith means nothing. And uh, promise, see, it's about the promise. And they would, if, you, if you could get it by the law, the promise would be worthless. Yeah, good, 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 good. Uh, because the law brings wrath... And we'll talk about that wrath a little later and hostility and that kind of thing. But just keep that in the, in the back back there. <clears throat> and where there is no law, there is no transgression. You, do you understand that? If, if you have, uh, if you say good anytime, if you say good, there's got to be a bad somewhere close. Otherwise, you can't have a good. You just have. Okay. And so you can't have a transgression until you have a law. It's got to be on the books. Ask any judge. You, can, you, you may need to interpret it, but you have to have the law. It has to be on the books for somebody to be guilty of breaking law, a transgression. I mean, this, this is just really just normal logic here. Uh, therefore, the promise comes, how? By faith so that it may be by, oh, there's that wonderful word, grace. It's amazing grace. Okay. And may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, but not only those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. And we talked about that. That's the first thing we did. We talked about what kind of faith did he have. He left everything. This is what he did. Okay. He is the father of what? Us all. And who's the us here? He talk, he's talking about those who believe of us. Us. If you have an us, there must be a them. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah I'm just, just saying if, if there's an us, there's a them out there somewhere. You may not mention them, but if you want you say us, uh, there has to be a of them out there. Okay, go to the next uh, slide. As it is written, I have made you 
a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom we believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls in to being things that are not. Now, that's real creative power there. That is just excellent creative power. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Let's go to the next slide. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. Now, what, what, what are they talking about here? They're talking about him having a child and uh, pregnancy of Sarah. That's what they're talking about. God told him, how come I'm going to come back? I, I love those stories, by the way, where God travels up there and meets him in the shade of a tree and begins to talk to him. And he says, uh, God tells him, said, I'm going to be back here about this time next year and you'll have a child. Wow. You, you know that story? <laughs> Sarah overheard that, do you remember? <laughs> Sarah overheard that and she just busted out laughing like that. Yeah, yeah, when when pigs fly. <laughs> but it says that he believed God that he would he would make this happen. Well, how's he gonna do it? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but he's gonna do it. That's another thing that helps us too when 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 we when we talk. You see, usually when, when we ask for something, we're wanting it a special way. And, and you really shouldn't do that. Try to be as, well, whatever God chooses to send it my way. Okay, all right, okay. I don't know. We, we probably have a date on that. I'm going to say 150. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say 150. I'm just throwing out there. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't look that up. No, 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 no. That's you've got to go further back in the you go further back for that. Okay. Uh, yet he, uh, he yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding what the promise. There it is, the promise of God. But was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what He had promised. All about the promise. You're the result of the promise. Abraham is the result of the promise. The promise is what made all the difference to Abraham. Okay. Uh, let's go. We only got, should have, yeah, just a few more verses. Go to the next. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness. There you go. We got it, us. For us who believe in him who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. This is, I, I can't impress upon you how important the resurrection is in terms of salvation. And in, to me, in terms of our faith, I, here's the way I th began to think about the resurrection. Uh, it's so important to believe in. You, you see, if you believe in the resurrection, if God can raise Jesus from the dead, 
he might be able to do something with you. That's the way I took it. It worked for me. I started to believe maybe he could really do something with and for me. Maybe he could, since he could do that, if he could do that, and he does, okay? I don't, okay. Uh, for he was delivered to death for our sins. Now, who does Jesus die for here? Sinners. Sinners. Over, okay. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. If Jesus did not raise from the dead, as Paul would write later in Corinth, you are yet in your sin. His resurrection proves you are justified. You see it? Okay. Who was raised to life for our justification. It is the resurrection that proves that your sins are gone. Okay? All right. Now, uh, are you getting the idea that that, I'm, I'm saying this is Paul saying it has always been this way, that is, by grace. Okay. And he, so he mixes that old story here, and I think he uh, comes up in a, in a great way. Yeah. Uh, but but it, it is is also uh, Isaac. Uh, it's the lineage. Yes. That's the promise. Yes. Oh yeah yeah yeah. But Jesus is the promise. Yeah. But but he has others who aren't. You know, like Ishmael. And Esau, uh, and those are illustrations of those who have his DNA, that is Abraham's DNA, but aren't saved. Yeah, that because they're not part of the promise. But wasn't wasn't God speaking forward about the promise of Jesus that would also fit Abraham's DNA? Yes, and and everybody that who would believe in the promise would be saved. Yes. Yes, 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 absolutely. And what amazes me, getting back to that idea of promise, it amazes me that the text that, and, and I didn't have, I, we don't have access to those, okay? But when Paul went into those synagogues and began to teach in those synagogues, that was what that promise of the Messiah was where he, that was his big thing. So he would show that in other parts of the Old Testament, even than what I'm using, or Paul's using here uh, today, yeah. But it's all by promise. And I think Paul has another axe to grind here, but, and I don't know whether we'll get that, to that or not, but another real facet of his theology. Um, but, but it's all about the promise. And who's behind the promise? Of course, is God. He's the one who directs all that. Okay, that that is it. Yes, please. I was off 25 years on that. <laughs> uh, now, uh, 
let's uh, let's go to our next one. I got uh, peace with God. Okay, if if you have come this far, uh, you you begin uh, to understand that you have peace with God. Okay, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, uh, in the start of uh, chapter four, we had. The wrath of God mentioned, we've already had it in, especially in the early part of the book of Romans where he proves that all people are lost and without excuse. Uh, so the, the wrath of God is on them, okay? Now, what happens to the wrath of God for the saved? It's turned to peace. Okay? Yeah, uh, somebody to talk about the wrath of God and, 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 and be around Christians, it just won't work anymore, which I know you do. I, I know you got that down pat, guys, I, and I do so appreciate that, okay, because that is that's a thing of the past. It's not here today. Did, did anybody here see Gilligan's Island when it was on? <laughs> <laughs> Do you, do you remember the uh, episode where they run into the uh, Japanese guy? With, and you, can't, you couldn't do that today. He had buck teeth and great big glasses on. Do you remember that? And he was still fighting World War II. And that's, what, that's why a lot of people act that way. They don't know that God has signed the peace treaty. And has ended all hostility. All hostility is ended. And peace. We have. What do the justified have? Peace with God. Enjoy it. Claim it for yourself. If you don't have peace, figure out, Lord, I'm messing this up. I'm like that little Japanese guy. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't got the idea that the peace treaty's been signed. I, I didn't know. And I'm still fighting this war, okay? Oh, it was real comical. It really was. It was really comical. Uh, if you didn't see it, I hope you did. Uh, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Through Jesus Christ, you can have this. Through whom we have gained access. I love this. When I did plumbing in California, if you ever covered up pipes in California, you had to leave an access panel someplace. <laughs> I know I love that. <laughs> That's how I understood that, okay? So I can go to that panel and open it up, and I can right in to, to see Jesus. Amen? We have access. The, the veil of the temple has been torn from the top to the bottom. And I'm not trying to rebuild the temple here, but I'm just saying that part of that message is now you have access to God, the Holy of Holies. Okay. And not only so, let me see, is that it to, to gain access by faith into this grace into which we now stand? And what are you going to do there? Stand. I know there are times to... to Fall on your face and whine and cry and that kind of thing, but not before God. Yeah. You'll find that several different times in the text when it says, stand up. 
Stand up. You're God's creation. You are to stand up. He's given you two feet to do, to stand. You, you get that, huh? You get what the metaphors there about stand? Okay. Okay. We stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Well, there's room for boasting here. <laughs> well, you're boasting in God. And 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 what he has what he has promised you. Uh, not only so, but we also glory in our suffering. Now that one I have trouble with. I do. <laughs> Amen. I just, yeah, yeah. It, 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 especially where it hits me is that, that Philippians text where uh, 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 Paul says to know him. Boy, I like that one. I, you know, to know him and the power of his resurrection. Oh, that I like. And, and, and then the next, the next line is about his suffering. Oh, yeah, I, I'm not asking to learn all about that now. I don't want, no, it's okay. I'm, <laughs> but that goes part of it, okay? That goes part of it. <clears throat> Let me see the glory of God, the glory of his suffering, because we, Know that suffering produces perseverance, uh, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Amen. Let's go. Okay, let's go to the next slide. And hope does not put us to shame. Now, I, I want you to get this, this. In some ways, it's a real delicate argument. Uh, you know what I mean by argument? Uh, facts. Okay. Uh, it's a a delicate argument, but boy, I want you to get it. Once you get it, you can't ever unget it. You know, you'll you'll have it, okay? But I want you to get this tonight. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Okay? Now, who does Christ die for? We got two categories already now in this text. We got two categories already. One is the what? Powerless. The powerless. And the other is what? The ungodly. Okay, so you got two. So if I meet you on the street, say, who did Jesus die for? The powerless and the ungodly. Who he died for. Okay, we we keep reading. There's more. There's more on that. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. Possible. Okay, let's go to the next slide. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, who does Christ die for here? Sinners. So now we've got the powerless, the ungodly, and we got sinners that Jesus dies for. Amen? 
okay, that's, that's who he would die for. We, we, would, we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't die for the ungodly. I'm going to tell that on you again, Scott. Scott and I were in the church down the street, and I knew this was a guy I wanted to talk to, and, and, but we didn't, we didn't have a lot of interaction, but we'd had some. And I was talking to him one day before Sunday school or church, I'm not sure. And he told me a story from a missionary that was, that was in town and was, was talking. And the missionary told him that all them people that weren't in church that morning that were down on the beach and, and enjoying themselves in the sun and meander, do whatever they're doing. Uh, he said, I want to remind, the missionary told him, I want to remind you that God loves them much as he loves you. You remember that? It struck me, struck me well for, for you, you to, to, to say that uh, to me, okay? I want to remind you that the ungodly, the sinners, and the powerless, those are the ones Jesus died for. He doesn't die for good people. He dies, huh? Well, yeah. Now, there, there really isn't a lot of categories. They're either or they ain't. <laughs> Don't remind me of that. And now, we got one more category to go yet. We have one more category to go yet, but it's not here till later, okay? Let's go to the next slide. Okay. Not only... Is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. And that's the best word. That is the very best word uh, for uh, understanding the uh, gospel of grace is that we are reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. And that is a correct translation. If you read that in some other, it won't be reconciliation. It is some other uh, translation there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I've overlooked something. Are we, let's go back and did I, did I miss a slide or something? Let's go back and wait a minute. Yeah, okay. But God demonstrated his love for this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us since we have. Oh, yes. Okay, this is where I wanted to go. Uh, since we have now been justified by his blood. Now, how do you get justified? Yeah, and what's in the blood? The life, in other words, it's a picture of the, it cost Jesus his life to save you, the blood, okay? okay all right, uh, so uh, let me see. Justified by his blood. So how do, you, how do you get saved? What did it take to get you saved? It took the death of Jesus Christ to get you saved because you're what? 
you're a sinner, you're powerless, you're ungodly. Okay. All right, now, if while we were still God's enemies, now we got another group here. So now you got at least four groups in this text that Jesus died for. The powerless, the ungodly, the sinners, and now enemies. Okay. You know the person who hates God? Okay. Jesus died for that person. Okay. All right. Uh, now, that's the people that Jesus died for. Now, listen to this rather delicate argument, but wonderful. For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, amen, amen, how much more, and that's, where, that's a phrase that Paul loves to use, how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life? Yeah, you, you've heard of this word, you, you have been saved, you are being saved, and you will be saved. I don't know if you ever heard that. Or, okay, you, you get that idea. Okay. To, to be here this, that we're here, this is where we're at now. To be here this now, saved, okay, we have been saved, that is when we trusted Jesus Christ. Now we're being saved today, okay. What did it take to get you saved? The blood of Jesus is death on the cross to get you saved. What does it take to keep you saved? His life. No. His life. Now, here's the th what Paul's saying. We didn't use much more here. If he would die for the enemies, if he would die for the ungodly, if he would die for the powerless and the sinners, how will he treat his friends? You get that? You get you get the argument? Yes. And all he has to do to keep us saved is to what? Live. And we know he's not going to die again. So how simple is that? You see, he dies for you here, but now that you're washed and you're cleaned and you've become a friend of God, all he has to do is live and you're good. We live because he lives. And as philosophical would say it, uh, uh, we existed, but now that we've met Christ, we are a part of being. We are inside the being, and so now we can live forever. Okay? That would be philosophically saying it. Okay? But you get, but you get the argument. He's willing to die for the ungodly. Don't you know he's willing to live for his friends? You see? How much more is that true? Okay. All right. So that, uh, that does uh, uh, chapter 5. Now let's go to another argument of Paul. Where are we at here? We got, okay. We got, we're going to do this. We got five, six, seven minutes left, okay? Uh, this is another technical argument for the uh, salvation message. 
And uh, do we have any real estate dealers in here? Oh, all right. That's surprising. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we get the Spirit in our lives. Okay? We get the Spirit, and that is a what? Mark. A seal. You understand a seal? Okay. And the Holy Spirit is what? The promise. That's the promise. Who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance? So you're, you're saved. You get the spirit that seals you. And that spirit in you, is, would you understand if I used the word earnest money? I'm sorry? Yeah, you should, you should know. And yeah, yeah, it's a deposit. And that's what he's, that's what he's talking about here. Uh, you know, you know, how do you know your future is guaranteed? You've been sealed by God. And what's the seal? God himself, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, God himself, the Holy Spirit. And that is your guarantee that he's going to do what? Redeem the whole thing. Okay? Guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise and glory of God. Okay. Yes. Here, here's what. I, I don't know how true this can be or can't be. You know, we, Listen, you got the spirit in you. Amen. I'm so thankful for that. So you, you have that, and that's your guarantee that he'll take care of you in the future, whatever that future is, whatever that, you're, you're good to go. How do you know it? Because you got the spirit in you. And one writer said, what, what happens if, if you don't redeem that property, if you can't pay for the property? What happens to your earnest money? It goes away. It goes away. One, one, one preacher said it this way. God has gambled himself, yes, on your salvation. He's gambled himself. Can you see what, I mean, what, what he meant by that? God has gambled himself on your total salvation. Okay? Okay. <clears throat> Oh, uh, let's look at that another time in 2 Corinthians where Paul says the same thing uh, used in a little bit different way. Now it is God who marks both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, and that's that Holy Spirit. You know, God anointed us, set a seal of ownership on us. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm sorry? Oh, his seal. Okay, I got it. All right. Thank you for straightening me out on that. I appreciate that. I feel like about that. I got it. <laughs> and put the spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. There you go. 
It's the same, it's the same argument, the same words, okay? But just think of it in terms of, of a real estate transaction where you got the down payment, that's the Holy Spirit. And, and he's saying, I'm, am, I'm going to be able to redeem the whole, the whole thing, okay? Which is you and your life and whatever it means in the future. And I'm not sure what all that, what all that can, mean, can mean in the future. Are we good? We, we, but you see the argument. You see the argument clear. Once you get that argument, okay? Because this is the way, I think this is really the way Paul wants to teach us, all right? Now, we'll do this last one because we brought it up in, in our, first, uh, our, our first one, okay? Um, our first reading. We're going to switch, switch gears now, okay? We're going to talk about something else. Uh, Paul's writings, though, still Paul's writings. Just switch gears. This mystery is that through the gospel, which we've been talking about, the gospel of grace, and faith and all that. The Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. <laughs> and nobody, Paul sees himself as a person who reveals this for the first time in human history. He sees himself. And when he uses the word mystery, he's not talking about something that's hard to figure out. He's talking about something you cannot know unless God revealed it, and he's telling that God revealed it to him. And what? And when anybody wants to talk about the mystery, what's the mystery? Jews and Gentiles, joint heirs in Christ. Okay? Remember, because we got a problem of what happens to Israel. Okay, we got a problem. And shares together in the promise. <laughs> there you go again. There's that promise in Christ Jesus. Okay? All right. Okay. Now, this is this. We worked through quite a bit of this tonight. Okay? I know we, we cover a lot of ground, but, but hopefully it's helpful. Okay? And, and, and this is uh, uh, Paul. Theology, okay? Uh, we're not sure where he got it. We do know he spent three years in the desert. We don't know how he did that, but we know he did that. Uh, much believe that that's where he got most of the revelation from God was through that way. Uh, so, um, but however he got it, I'm so thankful that he got it, Okay. Are we, are we good to close? Lord, we want to thank you tonight for Paul and you for this wonderful word tonight that cheers our hearts and gives us comfort. And may the God of peace uh, be with us in every way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.